And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. He's always Moda Keel. That's Dave Dufour making the sound pretty. We're going to talk about two powerhouses in the Atlantic Division, Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Both teams whose offenses are looking pretty damn good so far in the preseason, which we all know is 100% real, Mo. But let's talk about Tyrese Maxey because uh, the guy looks like he's taking another lead, maybe. Oh, I mean, he's unbelievable at this point. It's You're, you're watching him and... I think the ultimate takeaway is he's just continuing what he was doing in the playoffs last year, you know, especially in that Toronto series where I really think he kind of just showed that explosion. He's taking advantage of the fact that he gets to play on the second side, you know, with with James Harden and Embiid running pick and rolls and things like that. But, Jared, honestly, I think we're going to look back at the end of the season and we're going to say Tyrese Maxey was the second-best player on the Philadelphia 76ers. You think Joel Embiid's going to struggle that much this year? Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's not even about struggle, though. Like, I know we're when people say, we're kidding here, but it's not even about, like, whether James Harden struggles or whatnot or things like that. Like, James Harden has a very different role than what Maxi is going to have, what everybody else is going to have. I think he's got just the ultimate just go, green light, and he's going to kind of benefit from getting a ton of uh, passes and open looks from Harden. I think in transition and things like that, it's not even about struggling. I just think he's going to get more opportunities. I mean, the funny thing is I feel like Harden being third and scoring on that team would probably be the best case scenario. Like they want Harden to truly be a point guard first who will hunt a shot when he needs to. But the way Maxi just runs in transition, and he's just so good at finishing on the move. And especially this, you were talking about the second side. I feel like he's become almost already elite at attacking closeouts at this point, which is crazy for someone so early in his career. I mean, he's gotten the the benefit of like everybody the the who he's played with, right? Like sure. when he was playing with Embiid before even Harden got there, when they would double Embiid in the post. That's the swing pass would come out to him, and he'd get to attack that. You know, now with Harden, it's even more opportunities like that. And I think there's going to be a lot of that stuff. I think also he's going to do a good job of finding teammates in that. First game against Brooklyn in the preseason, he did a great job kind of finding assists and kickouts to DeAndre Melton and uh, uh, DeAnthony Melton, excuse me, uh, and and other guys. Like I think there's some interesting stuff there. Like I, if Philadelphia is really going to reach their full potential, I think we're going to look at him as going maybe maybe he's not the second best player, but he's going to be the third best player. So I mean, a lot of people were pretty high in Philly this year because they have like 13 good players. Like there, everybody on their bench is a legit rotation player. Is there anyone you've seen so far stand out as someone who will you know be those like sixth, seventh, and eighth men? I mean, they're just deep in that sense. You know, when they when you look at what they're able to bring off the bench, you know, it's going to be Thibault, it's going to be Melton. Like they got a lot of stuff there. I think the 
the area of concern is still going to be the center spot. Um, shout out to uh, Seth Partnow, yeah, my my nerder she wrote uh, podcast mate. Uh, he's uh, probably feeling a little tinge in his heart right now. Um, but Paul Reed's good, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to be consistently your backup center. And I think that's kind of where they're lacking a little bit, especially with Embiid. I mean, you brought it up in the text message. You know, they had PJ Tucker starting at the center spot when it, last preseason game when he sat out. So they have PJ Tucker, B-Ball Paul, and Montrez Harrell as their three bigs. So they're all they're all small bigs. Uh, or in B-Ball Paul's case, uh, or I guess th- they're all bigs that you wouldn't really count on to have a composed offensive possession. Maybe uh, Harrell. You know, it depends how you feel about no, that. No, no, Harrell like, will have a Harrell will have a offensive possession. He just won't have any defense possession. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the difference. You know, Tucker's different because he's going to come in and be the spread the floor three and D guy and stuff like that. It's just, just a little thin at the center spot. If you had to, and this is nitpicking. Like if we really had to find where the weakness is of this team, you would kind of just say like, yeah, they're only short of backup center right now. And I mean, how have you liked the way Tucker's looking so far? What I'm seeing is he's moving the ball nicely from the elbows. And I mean, we know he's someone who shoots out of the corners. They already have a bunch of guys. I feel like that shoot out of the corner. So where are they going to place him? I mean, I think still going to place him in the corner, but I think the other thing, the most important aspect that he's going to bring in is something that, you know, apart from Joel Embiid, this has been a bad rebounding team over the years. And I think he's going to add some rebounding toughness to that. And he's just going to add toughness to this team. Like this hasn't been a team you would ever consider tough over the years. And I think he kind of brings that and raises that level. So I think I like what I've seen from him. He is going to park in the corner though. The other guys want to go get in that corner, Jared. He's just going to have to tell them, like, yo, y'all got to get out, man. This is my spot. <laughs> really? Houston, uh, they also they used to do that stuff all the time with the pin-in screens and stuff like that. Maybe they could find some sort of way to arrange two guys. Well, he the was corner. the one always setting the pin-in That's true. Screen. He was so setting it's, them, yeah. it's, it's, it's really a P.J. Tucker thing. Go find the one mo thing I did on that a while ago. Well, maybe the play is he sets a pin-in for Tyrese Maxey, then Maxey attacks the closeout, P.J. pops back to that corner, and then he kicks it back for the open three. There, there you go, there Doc. You go. Write that one there down. You, go. you should, you should <laughs> send that into Doc, please. I'm sure they never thought of that. Um, okay, so Philadelphia is finally tough. Maybe what else do you need to see from there? Like, kind of like the identity that they shaped this year that you think will actually allow them to finally hit that next level. Well, I think the the, the important thing is going to be the defense of James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, right? Like, that's really going to be the the weak points defensively on this team. So, you know, how they go defensively is going to be real important because, like, you just don't want a ton of straight-line drives going into Embiid at the center spot, right? You don't want Embiid to pick up fouls and things like that. So you kind of want to try to minimize how much drives are given up. And I think, you know, that's the one part of Maxie's game. You know, we talk how much we love about him offensively. That's a, that's a place where he's going to get attacked. We know teams are going to go at James Harden all year. So... That's going to be an important area. They got a nice front court to kind of back it all up. But if those guys can just be semi-good at at defense, I think it'll go a long way for this team. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's head up the road to Boston. They are. Uh, they were supposed to be one of the also super deep teams in the league. Then Danilo Gallinari tore his ACL. Uh, who he seems like he'll be out for the year. But when he spoke at practice on Tuesday, he wouldn't commit to being out for the year. So who knows if that's going to change at some point. And then Rob Williams, he's out for a couple months. Luke Cornett, who may actually be one of their backup bigs, he's coming back from an ankle sprain. So they're as healthy as they're going to be coming into their last preseason game, at least for the next couple months. Their offense is the thing that needed to get better, obviously, from last season. It was they, they, they had, obviously, the best defense in the league, and then their offense got pretty good as the year went on, but had a lot of troubles being consistent in the playoffs. So they bring in Malcolm Brogdon. And so far, Brogdon's looked pretty phenomenal running back a point. Obviously, the sample size hasn't been that great since they played Charlotte. Well, I guess he only played at one of those, but Charlotte doesn't really qualify as an NBA team with the way they're playing right now. Well, it's preseason. I mean, before that, but Charlotte's also going to be really bad. But that's a whole other <laughs> podcast for another time when we dive into that. Um, I think the the important thing is just when you look at what happened to Boston in the finals was they ran out of gas. And they, their bench was just non-existent. You know, those guys were, were, were as, you know, Grant Williams was great in the Milwaukee series. And they never heard from him again, really. You know, you, you, you really kind of were missing a lot of those guys. And I think. Listen, he's a massive upgrade over Derek White, massive upgrade over Peyton Pritchard, right? Like, these are the names we're talking about. I know, uh, you know, he, he, Brogdon brings another playmaker off the bench and just makes them a little deeper and stronger. Um, but the blows to to Gallinari and Williams is, is, is a big one. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, just hurts because you want to just have a guy that's a minute eater. Williams, hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the year when he comes back. But, like, it just shows you how thin they are, right? And one guy goes down, it's not next man up because they don't have a next big man up. Do well, they? I, I mean, Jared, you're there all the time. Do they? They have Blake Griffin now. Who? who okay, is, so they uh, don't have another yeah, next man up. And I love Blake, but like we saw what he looked like in Brooklyn. Yeah, Blake. Blake is a is a passable center right now at this point, and he at least fits with how they play. But he's. For him to be their third center right now, that's not at the center they need to be. And who knows? Maybe Luke Cornett gets some consistent run and actually plays at a serviceable level. They didn't really play him last year. Udoka didn't really want to go to him when they needed him because Daniel Tice had his struggles in the playoffs. But maybe Cornett will be better. But that's like that's their huge weakness. And their biggest problem, obviously, is that Horford, who is their healthy center right now, he's the kind of guy that needs to keep his minutes down and needs to sit out back-to-backs. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 sort of just managing that position right now for them in that area until Williams comes back. But you also need, I mean, how often are we going to trust Williams to stay healthy at this point? You know, as great as he's mm-hmm. been, it's it's hard to feel confident that like he's going to make it through a 60 game season, you know, at this point with, with everything that he's going through. So, you know, it's, it's a tough situation, but I'll tell you what, they still got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those guys, guys are pretty, pretty good. Solid. Those yeah. guys, I mean, those guys are pretty good. I think every team would kill to be in that kind of position. Um, and, and, and trying to figure it out that way. So I think they're, they're okay there. And then, Hey man, tell me your impressions of Sam Hauser. Ooh, he's been good so far. Uh, he, 
he's shooting better on the move than I expected this early this early into the season. We'll see how that holds up, but he was doing it really well against Toronto, who was playing really good defense in the first half of that game. So uh, what I like about the way Hauser's playing is he's he's sprinting early in all of his curling actions when they put him into like floppy actions or whatever it may be. He's he's like sprinting early so that he's getting there early enough that he can get his shot off because last year he wasn't doing a ton of movement shooting as a rookie. He was kind of leaning back in the shot a little too much. He was clanking the front of the rim almost every single time. It's like now he's he's just been shooting lights out so far. So if he's effective, he's you know, he's not Danilo Gallinari. You know, Gallinari has this incredibly, you know, deep mid-range game. He can get to pretty much any shot that he wants to his arsenal. Hauser right now is either catching and shooting from three on the move or he's attacking space and cutting. Those are the, you know, he's a little limited at this point, but his defense has been sufficient so far that I could, I definitely expect him to be getting, you know, 15 minutes a game or something like that early on. I mean, he's what we were told Aaron Neesmith was always going to be mm, in terms of definitely. the shooting and things like that. And, and just adding another lethal shooter on the floor, like I think just, again, opens up the space for Brown and Tatum. You know, and, and smart. You know, I think it makes things a lot easier. It makes it easier when you have a guy like Brogdon who's going to be able to get you the ball on top of smart and the other guys. Like, I feel like you're looking at that position. You know, it's it's a nice surprise for them. I don't even know if it's a surprise, but it's something that it's a nice surprise for us to see, you know, yeah. that they've come in and they found a guy that like, you know, and start rolling through that can knock down shots and dry, you know. Going to be a, he's going to be important. I think he's going to get even more than 15 minutes a game, Jared. I think he's going to be close to that 20-minute bench. It's very possible. I mean, they, they came into the season expecting him to hold some sort of role, and the early results are looking pretty nice and that he is at least shooting with confidence early on. That's what it all comes down to for him. Like, if he's moving and he's catching and shooting and he's not panicking in those moments and putting the ball back on the floor because he, he's scared to take that shot and get stuck, like, that's where he becomes effective. The Celtics, they just they need to go back to or I shouldn't say go back because they obviously made the finals. They played pretty well. But, like, they need to just ensure that they don't proceed to where they were maybe at the beginning of last season or the season before that, where they had a lot of guys that were so scared to shoot the ball against a contest. And then once that happened, then they, they weren't capable of putting the ball on the floor and making another play. So the offense would just get stuck over and over again. They, they finally grew out of that. Now it's going to be hard now that, like, Rob Williams isn't there to roll through the pain and, and take up so much space. And Danilo Gallinari is supposed to help with that. But it looks like, so far, Malcolm Brogdon is probably going to make a pretty big difference in keeping their offense consistent throughout the game. So that's enough. We're done. This is the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. He's Moda Keel. Dave Dufour is our producer. I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you next time on The Ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.